Welcome to the first episode of the Bethel Seminary podcast. I'm Dr. Peter Vogt. I'm the Dean of Bethel Seminary, and I'm excited to be launching this podcast. Today, I've got a very special partner and friend with me. Uh, Laurel Bunker is the campus pastor for Bethel University. She's also the Associate Vice President of Christian Formation and Church Relations. Do I have that right? You have it right. That's the longest title. Do you have like an accordion business card? Is that what Pretty you Pretty much. You know, I'll just, we just, you know, we're really good at acronyms around here at Bethel. So I just fit it in some way. Well, that's, uh, that's great. Well, thanks so much for being a part of this. I'm really excited about this start of this new venture that we are, uh, that we're doing. Absolutely. Uh, I've been in this role as Dean of Bethel Seminary since January, but of of course, prior to that, I was a professor of Old Testament from 2001 to 2014, so I'm back to Bethel. Remind me again, how long have you been at Bethel? This is my 12th year. I was okay. the president. I was Jay Barnes' final hire in his role as provost in 2008 in the summer and then became a part of his executive team, so Great. going into my 12th year. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's exciting. Well, Laurel, you and I... We've go, we go way back in, way back. in, the, in the time, and mm -hmm. both when I was a professor and now back as, as dean. And so you and I have talked about this podcast and the, the reason for doing it. But I think we should share for our listeners. I say listeners because there's. I'm, I'm hoping there'll be more than one. Uh, <laughs> it might be. I'm pretty sure there will you know, be. Our our spouses might be listening, and then we can expand it from from there. <laughs> but eventually, we'll have lots of listeners. No. Um, but just why, why we're thinking about, uh, about a podcast. And, you know, for me, one of the things that really spurred me to want to do this was I think back to the time when I left Bethel as a professor mm -hmm. in 2014. I went to the church, and I'd been preparing pastors for, for ministry for 13 years mm -hmm. before I got there. And I'm a SEM grad myself and had experienced that. Then I get to the church, and there's all kinds of things that I didn't know, and nothing in my seminary education prepared me for mm -hmm. those things. So I think about HR kind of things, hiring and firing and, and that sort of thing. When I was a pastor, there was the proposed changes to the Fair Labor Standards Act, which is, I didn't even know I needed to care about that, but I, I did. And there was no class on Fair Labor Standards Act when no. I was in seminary. And so I had to research all that. And I, I remember thinking, I wish there was a resource mm -hmm. that could help me with this. And the Obergefell decision came down when I was a pastor and legalizing same-sex marriage. Mm -hmm. And there was a situation where my church insurance company offered a webinar and basically saying, here's what you need to know about the Obergefell decision. And I remember thinking at the time, I wish my alma mater, my mm -hmm. seminary, Absolutely. had done something like that. It was a brand that I trusted. And so what I'm excited about, why I want to be doing this, is I want to serve pastors. I want to serve the church in ways that are practical and that are helpful. And we have a wealth of resources here at Bethel that we can bring to bear for pastors and, and churches who are, are wrestling with all sorts of issues. And so I'm hopeful that what we put together can really serve churches in that way. And so I kind of came up with that idea. You and I talked about uh, partnering together in your role as, as church relations. Mm -hmm. And um, we're, and that led to this moment where Absolutely. we're starting things out. Yeah, I think it's an important time in the church world, certainly in the seminary world. And yeah, I was ordained 25 years ago. Maybe we're kind of in a, I don't know when you graduated, but yeah, we had hermeneutics and homiletics and Greek and Hebrew, uh, 
we even talked about self-care, but we didn't talk about the legal realities of church life and ministry. And so even if you're not the senior pastor, most of us are elders or deacons or just really involved volunteers in our churches. But most pastors have no idea how to handle a church conflict. If you're a part of a larger church, maybe there's an executive pastor who has some of that experience or someone who's been bivocational, so they bring in some semblance of that, but most of us don't. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons this is also really important is because of the constituents that we serve. Now, I'm not sure who of the church will be listening to this, but certainly there'll be parts or segments of some denominations who will think, well, the the Obergefell, that, that was spot on, and that's right. And I think a lot of evangelicals, though, are not in that place. And too often, we don't have a place to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I would also say that it seems to me that the media, whether it's social media or certainly uh, watching uh, the news channels or others, there's a lot of tension and uh, contentious conversations around these things. And we as um, lay leaders, pastors, we're right in the middle of those things. And if we are going to bring uh, conscientious thought and conversation, we ourselves have to be educated. So I really commend you for taking what was a pivotal moment in your own pastorate to say, I need help, and to turn that into something that we can use as a resource and tool for other pastors. Well, it occurs to me as you're saying that too, that there's also the reality of how busy pastors are. I mean, that was pretty eye-opening for me when I stepped into that role. I mean, I'm not, obviously, as a, a professor and having preached and been active in churches, I'm not one of those folks who thinks, well, the pastor only works for one hour on Sunday mornings. Right. Uh, but but it is relentless how how much there is to do and the responsibility. The church I was serving was, uh, I was the senior pastor. There was a, a staff with respect to children's ministry and youth ministry, but I didn't have an executive pastor. Mm -hmm. So I had to do a lot of those things myself. And one of the things that I realized in that was the amount of time that I, I'm spending on those things was time I didn't have for thinking about other things. So I think one other area that I hope we can uh, provide as a resource would be just helping folks with, you mentioned hermeneutics and, and those sorts of things. But you know, most, most folks don't think a lot about that after they're done with seminary. And yet there are, there are ways that that's relevant and important, and you know, what's what's going on in New Testament studies today? To say nothing of the issues, you know, we talked about you know Obergefell and the same-sex marriage and transgender identity and all these kinds of things, and the the pastor and church leadership are really expected to respond effectively and biblically and in a theologically sound manner to all these issues, mm -hmm. and they may not have the time to spend to think carefully and deeply about those things now. Mm -hmm. A, a 25 to 30 minute podcast is not going to solve all that, but I'm hoping that we can also provide resources for people that will will connect things, uh, things they can read, re websites they can go to and, and get more information, but we can provide food for thought for, Absolutely. for them. Absolutely. I was just reading an article um, in Christianity Today that was written about how to preach to Gen Z mm. and how different they are than millennials, yeah. uh, not just in terms of some of the more disparaging things like attention span, but they, they're more interactive. And so what does that mean, even in terms of financial invest, investing in your church? Like, what does that mean uh, to, to preach and to speak to young people 
does it require us to change anything about the way that we, the, the pulpit or anything else of that nature? So mm -hmm. there are so many of those things. I guess I'd say the other th reason I'm excited about this podcast is being a college pastor, too often there is not a connection between the church before, uh, before students leave. And so once students leave uh, their high school and enter into college, there really is no connective tissue. Mm. We don't talk to, uh, to youth pastors as often as we ought. Uh, certainly in my department, we are working diligently through church relations to continue to invite pastors and youth pastors to remain connected with their students, uh, whether they be in a place like Bethel or whether they be at the University of Minnesota. Mm. I don't think youth pastors really think about how important they are still to those young people as they're navigating higher education. Mm. Uh, Dr. Ravi Zacharias says that the battle is in the academy, the battle for the souls of our students, the battle for religion, the battle for, uh, for, for faith in the marketplace. All of those things are really happening in the academy. And so I'm hoping that at some point, too, we'll address issues like you know, how do you help prepare your high school students for, for college? Mm. Uh, how do we deal with an increasingly uh, post-Christian culture? Uh, what are their rights? Even for pastors who have young people in high school who are in uh, public schools, what is the right of that young person? And how can a parent and a pastor help those young people by being present in their high schools and helping them stand up for their faith? I'm afraid we've kind of come to that point where we do have to have a level of an apologetic yep. um, to be able to help not only us in our preaching, but our families learn not just to backpedal when things get difficult. I think we're going to continue to see challenges in the culture. And we as uh, pastors and others have a real opportunity to be able to equip the saints for the work of the ministry in that's new right. ways. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's really crucial that we we do equip those people for doing that because it's it's easy to retreat and mm -hmm. and to pull back and say well we're just going to be in our little enclave or or to just think well you know we don't have to we don't have to worry about that it's easy to get sheltered and we can be in our our christian bubble and and forget that there's a world out there that is in many respects certainly not welcoming of of christians and and maybe in some instances actively hostile and mm -hmm. working against us and so to equip pastors and church leaders to, to help parents and, and youth and, and everybody do the, the work of ministry, that's, that's crucial. And I think that's what we, that's, I see that as really the ongoing ministry of the seminary. The seminary provides a, an education. I think it's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think I, when I was saying I wasn't prepared in seminary for some of the challenges of, of pastoral ministry, that's not a, an indictment of uh, or a failure of the seminary. Sure, it's just the curriculum sure. can't be big enough to address every possible thing. Absolutely. And and so I think we we can provide a really good education. But I'd like to I'd like to see the seminary also be a resource for continued equipping mm -hmm. and equi continued preparation for new challenges that come up, at least as a starting point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think because that. the seminary is attached to an, an undergraduate body, and we really want the undergraduate to be a feeder as well into yes. the seminary, right? We want to see and capture young people who have a spark in their eye and a passion in their heart for ministry. And so I'm so excited about yep. our five-year program because 
the partnership between the College of Arts and Sciences and the seminary allows us to be able to identify young leaders who we know our churches need. Our churches That's need right. and want young leaders. And so my work with Converge Worldwide and with other denominations across the country and increasingly across the world allows us also to be able to tell uh, pastors and others who are listening what we're seeing. Yep. And what, we're, what, what are the questions, the curiosities, and the challenges that we're seeing now at the undergraduate level? So by the time they get to seminary, we're also doing some work to say, you know, I wonder if we could develop this kind of opportunity or this kind of program or in an internship. Maybe if, uh, pastors need to think about this because we're seeing some unique issues. For example, I see with this current generation as they're coming in many from public schools that a lot of them have have had some road rash. They've yeah. been pushed around a little bit hmm. around their faith. And some of them come to Christian institutions not knowing how to feel about Christianity uh, because of things that have been said to them. Uh, certainly the the culture, the public is none too kind mm -hmm. in terms of the characterization of our faith. Um, so I think that we really have kind of a living laboratory in the mm -hmm. undergraduate level to be able to to talk with young people, and then to be able to transfer that information to, to pastors. And so I, I would say to pastors and others who are listening, there'll be times that in higher education, and I would conclude the seminary in that, we are faced with things that you may not be faced with. Mm -hmm. And we may address things differently than you may address. with address. For example, same-sex attraction, um, homosexuality, those are issues that are central uh, and forefront, not only in the culture, but in the lives of our students. Mm -hmm. Our young students are coming with friends or siblings or others who have come out. And as some Christian experts would say, we'll probably see more of that. Mm -hmm. We're, we'll probably see more people because there are movements that are really encouraging students, even online, to come out. Well, what is the evangelical church's responsibility in that? I think too often we don't want to talk about those kind of things. But I right. think for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the souls of young people, we need to be able to talk about it, not just in terms of we need to tell those individuals what's wrong with their lives. They're not going to respond to that. So we need to have a more robust uh, presentation of the gospel that helps them to see the beauty of Jesus mm -hmm. and the reality of a, a walk with the Lord and to really figure out what does this mean for them and how will we live with that? How do we live in the tensions of um, intra-faith conversations mm. and churches that have yep. already made decisions that um, same-sex or uh, relationships is is very much a part and in keeping with their doctrinal beliefs. How how do we live in the tensions of that when yep. young people say, "Well, other churches have already aligned yep. themselves. You all are the ones that are." old-fashioned. How do we look at the Word of God and help them to see that this is not a matter of hate, yep. and it's not a matter of simply being doctrinally stubborn, mm -hmm. that this is a matter of spending time and years with the gospel right. and believing God's Word is revealing truth in, in this area and many other areas, and that yep. we're not highlighting this area of sexuality and not looking at our own. I mean, sure. heterosexual, we need to talk about the porn epidemic at yep. some point, because that directly ties with how young people are saying, you don't have the right to talk to us about mm -hmm. our friends if right. we've got X percentage of pastors who are also have some indiscretions. Right. So we, I, I hope that we can have some candid conversations with pastors, with pastors' wives, um, about the challenges of women in ministry, uh, some of the things that are a little harder for people sometimes to talk about face-to-face, -face, not only because we trust each other and we 
can, I don't mind anyone disagreeing with, with what, what I do or who I am, but I think we, the church, can model the way forward on having kind, thoughtful conversations about the things that matter yep. and thereby transfer that into our churches too. Absolutely. And I think you know, there, there are so many issues that are, are challenging for people. And, and the world, maybe it's a function of my age, but it seems like the world is changing so quickly. And, and all of a sudden we're confronted with things. One of the things uh, we're going to be talking about in just a, a couple of episodes is going to be social media and its impact on relationships. And that's, you know, social media didn't exist when we were in seminary. Right. And so, of course, it didn't prepare us for, for that. But it's a reality today. And we have to figure out how do we equip people to to know what to do? You can just say no. You can we can be Amish and, and right. you know no Amish are listening to this. And right. So we, right. Uh, but but we could we could just say you just don't do any of it. But is that realistic in this world, or is there or you just embrace it and say it's no big deal, or can we thoughtfully engage with it and and think about the implications and equip people? That's that's what I'm hoping we can we can do yeah. with. Uh, with this and, and address a lot of those issues. Some are controversial, some are just are just perplexing. Yeah, there's the and, life of the pastor. Right, and that's what we have to deal with. And then there's the, the mundane and the, the sublime that we're going to be dealing with. That's the life of the pastor, as, Absolutely. You, as you say. Absolutely. Laurel, what, from, when you think of uh, church relations and then your role as campus pastor and Christian formation, mm -hmm. what are your hopes for for bringing that into this uh, this podcast as well. We've talked about guest speakers in in the the chapels and mm -hmm. things like that. How do you how do you see that working? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things. One, I think we've already alluded to that uh, I have a team, listeners, of um, five other pastors, and that does not include the three uh, seminarians that we generally have each year uh, for, and we've done that for at least a decade or more, and then three undergraduates that work in our office. And uh, there's a lot that comes in and through our office doors. And so it will give us a unique opportunity, I think, to present some things to you as we see them. So uh, part of the work that I think will be most helpful to you all is that as we plan the chapel, we think very thoughtfully about who can come to our institution. And now I hope now into your churches or into your uh, office meetings through this podcast that can help to inform us as to how to live as Christians in the times that we're in. Uh, who are some people that would just be really interesting for you all to hear from? So uh, we've got uh, Joe Saxton, who uh, has a podcast uh, called Lead Stories with Steph Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe will be speaking in chapel. Uh, we've got a young man named Justin Gabone, who is a part of the one of the three original founders of something called the AND Campaign. Mm. And the AND Campaign is looking at how we can be biblically solid while looking at issues of justice in the culture. Mm. He will be coming. Uh, there is uh, two gentlemen who wrote a book called I'll Push You. Uh, one is in a wheelchair, and mm. they... Um, they took a 500-mile journey over a mountain range, the mountain wow. range between France and uh, Spain. Oh. Uh, very, wow. uh, I, the name of it is eluding me, but they talked about, we heard them at another conference, and they were extraordinary, Justin mm. and Patrick, and our best friends, mm. and talking about learning to lean on each other and what does it mean to be relationally uh, significant? What does it learn to face your vulnerabilities? Uh, they wow. will be speaking. Our own president, 
Jay Barnes in this final year of, uh, he will be here. We're working right now with bringing Johnny Nazu in the spring, mm. uh, who wrote the book, um, A Confident Pluralism. Mm -hmm. uh, he teaches uh, at we uh, Washington University in St. Louis, but is a profound Christian mm. who talks about how our Christian strengths can actually be a benefit as we enter into mm -hmm. the culture. Uh, we're hoping to just have some other wonderful, robust speakers. And too often, only Bethel benefits from hearing those speakers. So we're hoping to right. bring those individuals who will be a part of the podcast as well. Um, and then I hope in my church relations role, which allows me, so in my role, I am here as a servant to converge worldwide. So I connect with all of the district executive ministers. So there are 11 district executive ministers throughout the United States. Uh, and those district executive ministers uh, are responsible for the converged churches in their districts. And those districts are oftentimes um, multiple states. And so what it allows me to do is to go and to not only learn what those uh, churches, those pastors, those districts need from Bethel, but also to make healthy connections. So again, as seminarians or undergraduates are doing internships, do we have um, the proper connections that we need to make sure that we can say to a pastor very easily, here's a list of five seminarians, three undergraduates, here's their portfolio. They would love to be able to uh, step into your church for a summer or for a year. What, what do you have to offer them? So mm. we're hoping that we can talk a bit about that or bring Scott Rideout, who's the president of Converge. Um, how do we hear from him? Or Dr. Harold Lewis, who's the new vice president of biblical diversity. Yep. When he's on the campus, uh, he's doing an amazing job and working with churches alongside Dr. Ruben Rivera, mm -hmm. talking about the changing face of America. Uh, how do we not fear the browning of America? Mm -hmm. um, the browning of America is not solely about immigration. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is also about those of us who have been here for hundreds of years. And um, so how do we as pastors prepare for that? How will you pastors, maybe even small town pastors, are seeing an influx of, of immigrants? How do we not fear that? Um, how do you not... Uh, feel overwhelmed by who you are not and really celebrate who you are? How do we mm -hmm. look to the biblical texts yep. uh, and to see that most were not equipped for the people <laughs> they inherited? That's right. Um, but God provided. Yeah. So I think all of those things are wonderful opportunities and uniquenesses that I can bring mm -hmm. um, to and to bring back to our listening audience things that I'm seeing, trends that I'm seeing in churches, uh, unique churches. Um, what am I seeing in church plants? Uh, new ideas, learning techniques. We can also share through this opportunity, through the podcast, upcoming trainings. Mm -hmm. Well, if you and I or others decide that we'd like to do something specifically for pastors, uh, we could certainly do a live podcast from that as well, where we're having pastors talk to other pastors or things of that nature. So I think the sky's the limit. I'm yeah. just excited to serve pastors and perhaps for this to be a connection. That's great. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can begin to bring when we have those chapel speakers that we can, we could put their presentations from, from chapel if, if we can mm -hmm. negotiate that with them mm -hmm. to put that on this podcast. We mm -hmm. could have an interview with them and, and a, a pre or a post mm -hmm. uh, discussion, which I think would be fabulous to, mm -hmm. to do and, and would serve our, our audience. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited uh, about that. Well, let's talk a little bit about what, what folks can expect. This is a, an ongoing project in some ways, uh, but... We're we're looking to have this be a monthly a monthly podcast. We're we're shooting for between twenty five and thirty minutes mm -hmm. in in length. 
that's not a lot of time, but uh, the average commute in the United States is 27 minutes long. And so rather than try to put together an hour sort of a podcast that people have to find time to, to listen to, we're hoping that this can be something that someone can listen to just on their, on their commute. Maybe, maybe spend three minutes finishing it in the garage, that sort of thing, if it's a, a compelling conversation. Absolutely. But, uh, but that's, that's kind of what we're hoping to do. We might have more episodes depending on things like chapel schedule and, and that sort of thing, but at least one a month is what we're, what we're shooting for. Coming up in future episodes, we're going to be having a, a conversation with uh, Denise Muir-Kiesbo on uh, the most important ministry in the, in the church. That's going to be focused on children's ministry. I don't want to give it away to anybody, but, uh, <laughs> but that's what that's about. We're going to be talking about social media and relationship health. And uh, that's going to be with uh, Tina, Tina Weens, who's a mm-hmm. professor of marriage and family therapy, mm-hmm. and talking about that issue. Uh, and we're going to talk about what's new in New Testament studies uh, yes. with, uh, with Dr. John Dunn and exploring that. So we got a number of things lined up. We got things planned out for the next several months, but those are the kind of the upcoming episodes that we can look forward to. We're going to be doing some stuff about terminations and hiring in church ministry. Now that might not be the most exciting episode ever, except it's the one that's going to keep pastors from getting fired and churches from getting sued, and that's Mm -hmm. important. So we're going to be talking about all sorts of different things. I want to just say to our, our listeners, if you have suggestions of things you'd like to, you'd like to hear us talk about on, the, on this podcast, in the show notes, you'll find a, an email address, and you can just shoot us an email and let us know what, what you're interested in. We will do our best to get that on there. Give us feedback about what is relevant to you, what you're, what you're hoping to, to get from, from this. We, we certainly would, would welcome your, your feedback and, and just anything you've got to, to give us in terms of that. Laurel, what else do you want to want to say? Our time is just about uh, up for this first episode. Anything that you want to add? Something. You know, when I, I, as you and I are sitting here, Peter, I, I feel it's a real urgency. I think not only to pray, to pray for um, the pastors that are out there. Um, I hope at some point we talk about. Um, pastors and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, last year alone, just in the media that I listened to, there were five pastors who um, whose lives ended um, tragically. And I think um, there's a, a fair sense of loneliness mm-hmm. um, that are in pastors, the sense of, I don't know who I can talk mm-hmm. to about my marriage or my parenting, or I have a successful church, but I feel like I'm failing at being a dad mm. or th- some of those, sure. some of those things. So I just, I feel in my heart, even now for those who are listening, uh, that there's a sense of urgency in many of them. And pastors, we just want you to know we're praying for you, for mm-hmm. your wives, for your children. Uh, we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers in high places. And we're just, we're praying for you that Bethel Seminary, Bethel College, uh, the university is not just here to be able to educate young men. We are people of deep faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. We want to serve you and pray for you and honor you. So even as you have those show notes, if there are ways that we can be praying for you, uh, ways that we can uh, perhaps 
pray over some challenges that you're facing, please let us know so that we can do more than, or in addition to offering this information, be praying and lifting you up so that you don't have to feel afraid of at, at all. Uh, as pastors, we understand confidentiality. Uh, we understand those challenges, so we can, we'll certainly keep your information confidential, uh, but want to just serve you in additional ways if we can, if at all that's a need for you. So just know that we are praying for you. And we ask that you would pray for the success of this podcast, Absolutely. that it would reach many, many people, that it would touch many lives, that it would help pastors, that it would achieve the goal for which uh, Dr. Vote has prayed, that I have prayed, that Bethel has prayed. And that would be equipping you all, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry so that we can go forward in robustness and in power. Absolutely. And I would just add to that, you know, my hope for this is not that I would love this if, if lots of people are listening to this, but not so that we can have a, a large number of listeners, but so that God is glorified and, and that his people are equipped to do the ministry that they've been called to. That's, that's what we're about. Absolutely. And that's what we hope this is about. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for listening. We appreciate that very much. And we hope that you will subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe at iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get other podcasts. I encourage you to subscribe to this and share it with other people as well. You can share it on social media. If you think this is something that colleagues or friends or, or others would be uh, benefiting from, please share this with them on, on social media, word of mouth, whatever it might be. But I encourage you to subscribe. And again, look for that email in the show notes and provide us some feedback as to what you might like to hear or just some suggestions for how we can serve you better. So thanks so much for listening. God bless you, and we'll, I guess, I was going to say see you next time, but we're not really seeing anybody. You'll hear us next you'll, time. You'll hear us next time. <laughs> Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to Whole and Holy. This podcast is a production of Bethel Seminary in collaboration with Bethel University's Office of Church Relations. Please share your feedback with us, including ideas you'd like to see in future episodes, by emailing us at wholeandholy at bethel.edu. Once again, that address is wholeandholy at bethel.edu. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.